Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Alongside me, once again, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, good to be back. We're recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. You can send us your questions and feedback uh, by emailing us at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at, at nhhsports. Uh, you can listen to the show Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com or on iTunes. Uh, I tried to rush through that a little bit. I don't know if you could tell because um, it, it's the last Wednesday of the regular season and we've got a lot to talk about. Things are changing fast and furious here. We um, thought by now, I, I think we, we felt like we've been saying it the last couple of weeks that we'd finally have the playoff picture kind of in uh, kind of in view here, but I, I think we're going right up till Friday we, before we, are. we really know you know, yep. who teams are playing. Um, yeah. Lot, lot to be determined in just about every division across boys and girls. You know, I, I've almost uh, held up to what I said last week where I was going to post a daily playoff picture with updated standings and everything. I get two days so far this week. Um, we'll see what I Thursday I think it'd be brings. more fun if you just posted but one with predictions. Like, you just say, and let's just <laughs> well, see Well, that's what, I was, ha- just that's just what I was just going to say. <laughs> I, I sat down um, Wednesday morning and was like, let's see if I can add scenarios to this. And I looked at it, and I said, no, too many moving no, parts. no, too many moving I mean, parts. Yep. I, I mean, sure, there's some some games you look at and you're like, okay, well, I know this team's going to be that that team in that game, but I want to be nice too. I don't want to just say, you know, <laughs> automatically start giving teams losses. Now, now you're starting to sound like me. I've been doing that for the last <laughs> two weeks, trying to figure things out, and uh, you know, it's still it's still hard to figure out who uh, who we could potentially play in the quarterfinals there. So, well, um, I say we jump right in and take yeah, a look at the, um, the Division One uh, boys let's, standings. Let's start right, right there, Division One boys. Of course. Um, you know, a couple games going on as we're doing this Wednesday night. Uh, you'll know the outcomes Thursday. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, we don't. Um, one thing we do know is that BG is beating up on Nashua North right now. Um, they come off a big win yesterday against Duxbury. Yeah. Got a game tomorrow against Nashua South. Um, sorry, South, but I think that's going to be another another win for BG. I so mean, even if somehow they were to lose to North and well, South, they still hold the tiebreaker. And they and hold the tiebreaker, and everyone else in the division has four losses. Yeah. So I, BG's the number one seed. Yeah. Number After that, two, things three, get a little and four, crazy. Uh, we, I, I mentioned this to you before we started, and, and, and you I gave love me it. a mixed response, but, but let, me, let me see if we can let's let's break this down right here. Now. Let's get a little bit crazy. So right now, Pinkerton and Exeter sit 2-3, respectively, in the division. Pinkerton at 12-4, and four, Exeter 11-4. Exeter's playing Bedford right now. Uh, let's assume, you know, they've already beaten Bedford once this year. Let's just assume that they beat him again tonight. They are also 12-4. and four. They play each other tomorrow. Let's say Pinkerton wins that game. Pinkerton's, thir- or, yeah, 13-4. and four. Exeter's 12-4. and four. They also both play again on Friday. Pinkerton goes to Andover. Exeter plays Nashua North, I believe, at home. Is everybody still following <laughs> right now? So let's say Pinkerton loses to Andover. They're 13-5. and five. Let's say Exeter beats North. They're 13-5. and five. We say, oh, well, that's why is this even a deal? A big deal, Joe. Uh, Pinkerton beat Exeter twice in this scenario. And I say it is a big deal because of the way that the NHIA distributes points for their rating system. Pink, one of Pinkerton's 13 wins was against Cohasset last weekend. Uh, and because Cohasset is a Division, a division three team in mass, Pinkerton only gets three points for that win. Instead of four. And of course, I'm going off all of this because this is what happened last year. Last year, Pinkerton had it one less point because of that win. So I'm assuming it's going to happen again this year. So if they, in that scenario, even though they're tied record-wise, even though Pinkerton beat Exeter twice, even though Exeter lost to Cohasset, Exeter would be the number two seed because its rating would be better than Pinkerton's. So I think... 
possibly the NHIA heard you because I'm looking at the standings right now. It's been wrong. It's Pinkerton, been wrong all day. It, it's, it's been, been wrong, wrong all day. day. Yes, Pinkerton I checked this earlier. has 48 right. points. They, they've, they have, since they switched to this new web, this newer website, they have gone back and changed points after the season's over. Every, really? Yes, it goes in as four points wow. as it's happening. If you, because if you look at other schools. No one else has anything different. So too. I wonder how many points. I wonder how many points we got for our Westwood win. I wonder Are they? they div- I mean, if they're Division Two, you're fine. Or yeah, actually, no, you're actually, di- you're Division we're Two. We're Division Two, so, so, probably, so we're you'd probably be fine. fine. So you'd be fine. Yeah. So exactly. um, but interesting. Wow. So, so that would be a huge turn of events. Do you want to keep going? I do. Okay. Let's go down the rabbit hole further. Also on Friday, Hanover goes and plays at Londonderry. Last game of the season for both teams. Hanover sits at ten and four right now. Londonderry sits at ten and six. Let's say Hanover beats Londonderry. To go to eleven and four, that would make them the number two. It, with including the scenario earlier that I mentioned with Exeter and Pinkerton, that would make Hanover the number two seed, Exeter the number three seed, Pinkerton the number four. Meaning that if if the chalk holds, BG Pinkerton would be playing in the semifinals. It's happened before. <laughs> that would be. That it would has be happened crazy. before, that would be but crazy. I mean, you know, it, it, you'd say, "I'll come." Th- this just can't happen, but. The season we've had. So uh, Hanover uh, would be the number two seed with losses to the next top four teams <laughs> in the in the league there. So uh, yeah, but yeah. With that being said, with all all snickering aside, I do I do. Uh, that's a tremendous job by by Coach Gardner to get his team to uh, ten wins and possibly eleven wins on the season coming in. You know, a team that was kind of under the radar a little bit there. Um, really really impressive job by them up there, especially and with the slow start and everything they've had. And you know. You look at that and you say, well, geez, if, if BG and Pinkerton end up being in the 1-4 and have to play in the semifinals, man, Coach Cameron and Coach O'Reilly have to be mad about that. I'd say no. Well, the, the person that should be the maddest, though, in that situation would be Keith Bertrand at Sauhegan because if, if that happens, they're probably going to be the five seed. And that would mean instead of either being the four seed and hosting Hanover in the quarterfinals or being the five seed and having to go to Exeter or Hanover – they got to be the five seed and go play Pinkerton in the, in the, the quarterfinals. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough scenario to swallow right there. It's uh, it's not easy. Not, not easy for anyone in Londonderry. You know, Londonderry can't be too happy either. You know, playing a really hard schedule that they played this year, and to possibly get relegated all the way down to the the sixth seed or or worse. Uh, you know, if if that worst case scenario happens and they lose to Hanover. I, I want to say again, just some full disclosure. This probably isn't going to happen. <laughs> so you know, before you f- fire off your angry emails well, we and tweets, have, we do have some other. Uh, we do have some other interesting, um, you know, possible scenarios there too. We've got a team in Timberlane sitting at six and eight, sitting currently in that ninth place, kind of an actually interesting they place where technically they're out right now because they lose the head-to-head tiebreaker to Bedford. Mm-hmm. Bedford's the number nine team right now because, but they're not going to stay tied. Yes, with the with with the uh, yeah, be based on the fact that. Bedford still yeah, has two, two remaining two games, games yeah. while while Timberlane's done, and so they've got they've got to continue to practice all this week, not knowing whether or not they're going to be in. If Bedford wins one out of their last two against Exeter or Sauhegan, by rating they would they would jump in and they would be the nine they would be the nine seed yeah, there. I talked to um, Ken Blasco last Saturday um, after their game against Sauhegan, and he said, you know, I'm I'm going to be in limbo all week if we lose. It's just I, I'm not going to know what to do because because of this exact scenario. Um, that's a team and a coach there that, again, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to them. Their first year moving up to Division One, they've got one, two, three one-goal lo- three one-goal losses, another loss by by three. No, I'm sorry, they've got four one four one-goal losses on the season. One in one in double overtime. Yeah. 
four, seven. They are they are seven goal. They are eight goals away. Seven seven goals away <laughs> from having from being uh, from being a top four seed right now. That's you know an incredible incredible job by by Coach Ken and um, you know they should be regardless of how it finishes out. They should be really proud of the, of the way they jumped into Division One this year. All right, we we've done enough uh, what ifs about Division One. Let's uh, let's move on to Division Two. Uh, you know, just as many there. I know. Coming into the week, you know, it was uh, Hollisbrook line number one, Dairyfield number two. Um, I think Portsmouth was three, and Winnicott was sitting at four. And you know, then someone shook up the division and, and just spat it back out. You got Dairyfield back at one, Hollis, which lost earlier Wednesday to Winnicott in a, a game that another one goal game, a nine eight Winnicott win. They're eleventh in the row by in a row, by the way. Um, you know, so now they're at eleven and two after going eleven and zero. You know, and then Portsmouth after dropping to Sauhegan on Monday, they're now in the four spot at thirteen and four. So I'll do I'll do the crazy scenarios here. Here's here's what here's what we need to be watching towards the end of the week here. The the win or the Hollis Brookline Wyndham game holds huge implications there. If if Hollis were to win that game, they would finish as the two seed and Winnicunit and and Portsmouth would finish out where they are. However, if if Wyndham wins that game. Hollis would drop would drop down to the fourth spot based on rating. Portsmouth, based you know on all indications, they will likely win another game and they will finish at fourteen and four. Winnicunit will finish at eleven and three. Winnicunit would have the two. Portsmouth by a fraction of a rating, I believe thirteen point one six based on. Or sorry, three point one six. has one more game left too. I think too, so they could they even. They do, but I believe it's a game that they should be expected. Oh yeah, that they to, should win. Okay, they should yeah, I get you. I got game. you. I got you. Um, so Winnicott would finish in the uh, in the second spot. Portsmouth by like we talked about slivers of yep. it's that extra point. It's the extra point they got for, for uh, well for both of them. For both up. both so. got a win over Nashua North, yep. which gave them an extra point for their ratings. Um, yeah, it's um. I, I mean, Goffstown I think is pretty much firmly entrenched in that five spot. They right are. Now. Yeah. I, I don't see. Yeah. I don't see any movement there. I think even if even if Hollis Brookline loses, um, they'd be eleven and three. They'd have one less loss. Than Goffstown, so they would be. I believe, yeah, um, I believe, I they'd believe stay no in that four they spot. Would, they would yeah. stay in that four spot. So I, I mean, congratulations to Coach Cam Hayward and, and the and the the job he's done there this year and, and getting that team back into uh, you know back into prominence after uh, you know their their championship their uh, the 2016 championship run they had. Um, Merrimack Valley John Stark on Friday holds a lot of implications there. Uh, I believe both teams would flip-flop in the standings right now. Right now, currently, Merrimack Valley is sitting in sixth, and John Stark is sitting in the eighth, I believe the ninth spot, and that could, be, that could flip-flop very easily uh, with, tho- with those teams there if, uh, if John Stark were to pull, well, what would seem like an upset on paper right now on Friday. But the way John Stark's been a hot team lately, they seem to be playing well. I, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I zoned out there for a minute because I was looking at something, and then it took me until now. I was looking at the girls' division two standings and not ah, the boys. Okay. I was looking at this, and I because I was pretty sure that that John Stark was seven and five, and they are. Uh, the girls are seven and six. Uh, so yeah, a little confusion on my part. I apologize. Um, yeah, it's gonna be down uh, Saturday morning is probably when we're gonna start yep. sitting here and looking at these and going knowing not not a hundred percent for sure what's gonna happen, but. Um, you know, I, I think it's just going it, to, it, it's, it's fun. Um, but I think on the other hand too, it might be a little frustrating, especially for some teams that, you know, like, uh, teams like a Wyndham, 
um, you know, that went and challenged itself a little bit this year with Wyndham's some, got to be games. really frustrated. I mean, it, it seems like they're um, – but at the same time, I think that's a team, you know, normally – in the playoffs, the, the chalk holds an awful lot in lacrosse, and that's a that's a Wyndham team that I got to be honest with. You, if you're a if you're a four or a five seed, and, and Wyndham finishes up in the the tenth, eleventh, or twelfth spot, that that's that's not a, that's not a, a first round game that you want to be playing. Um, that that is a I, you know we experienced it firsthand. That is a hard hitting, uh, well coached Wyndham team that has a lot of a lot of weapons on there that seem to be getting better and better each week. Um, they're playing with a lot of confidence, so that's. That's not going to be an easy, you know. Normally, you know, if you're the five seed and you're playing the twelve, that's that's not an easy right. first round game. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then it makes for you know potential interesting quarterfinal matchups too. Absolutely. You know, with uh, especially with the top two getting a bye, you, you know, you're getting a team that's played more recently. And you're, uh, you know, and that, you know, if you are one of those lower seeds, you're feeling like you're playing with house money at that point. Right. Nobody expects you to, yeah. to do anything there. Uh, Division three uh, seems to be a little bit more straightforward, you know, especially considering. The distance that Pelham and, and Hopkinton seem to have on the rest of the division. I know Hopkinton's played some closer games, specifically with Monadnock um, earlier in the year, um, but I think that's going to be one, two, three right there. Pelham, Hopkinton, Monadnock, Laconia right now. I like looking the way like Laconia's the, the played yeah. too. Laconia, Laconia's been playing well lately. They played Hopkinton to a, to a tough game the other day. Um, you know, it was at home at, at Laconia, which you know, if they were to play again, I, I believe the playoffs. Uh, for the first couple of rounds, are going to be up in up in Laconia. They so, are. Yep. Um, you know, uh, I do like the way they're playing right now. They seem to have a lot of confidence and be rolling. And then the team that's sitting in, in the five spot right now, Campbell. Um, you know, they uh, came out and got a big win on Tuesday after you know they dropped three in a row uh, to some you know some tough competition. They come out and, and beat Kearsarge, uh, and then you know Wednesday night they a game against Stevens that they should be winning. Coach Coach Beatty's got them playing well. Their defense seems to be playing very well right now. You know, in each one of their losses on the season there, they're not giving up a tremendous amount of goals. I think it's a team that's that's dangerous that, you know, possibly possibly playing a little bit of zone and making things uncomfortable for, for teams out there. Um, yeah, they they could be they could that could be a tough that could be a tough out in the in the uh, in the semi or in the uh, quarterfinals as well. And, and I believe at at nine and five, if they they beat Stevens, that would be I believe the program's first winning record and and, and certainly first uh, first playoff appearance. So that would be a uh, uh, quite a big deal, especially if they can you know find figure out a way to just skip past Laconia and get that fourth seed and have a home playoff game. I mean that would be a, a quite a big deal. Actually, I, I take that back. Laconia is done. They're at ten and four, so I don't think Campbell can actually ha get in front yep. of them, so, despite having beaten um, Laconia earlier this year. Uh, the other big question I, I think in the division comes uh, further on down. Of course, uh, like Division One, nine teams getting in this year. I think we've got the nine figured out with um, Plymouth beating Milford earlier today, earlier Wednesday. Milford still had an outside shot. Uh, Plymouth unfortunately loses out on tiebreakers, so it looks like Guilford's going to get in at that number nine spot. Um, you know, and then you got Kearsarge, Interlakes, Moultonboro, and Trinity above them. So there's, I think that's going to be the playoff field for Division Three. And you know, that's that's great for pro. You know, Interlakes, Moultonboro, a fairly new program getting in there. You know, it's al always nice to see that we've we've got some new teams coming in in the next couple of years. I've heard uh, New Market maybe uh, maybe uh, co-oping with uh, Oyster River. Um, Hillsborough Deering is going to is adding a, a program. Um, they're, so well, they're looking for coaches. I'm assuming that means they're adding so a program. Great, great to see, great to see programs like that, um, you know, making strides and getting into the playoffs. Yeah, on the uh, the girls' side of things in Division One, 
Um, you know, we've been talking about that top three um, all season, Pinkerton, Bedford, BG. They're in that order right now. Um, what I kind of found interesting, though, and I've been ki keeping an eye on for the last couple weeks, is that um, four, five, six spot. Uh, Sauhegan looks like it's going to hang on to that fourth spot, or that, you know, the fourth and final home playoff game. Uh, who they're going to be hosting, though, has kind of gone back and forth over the last few weeks between Nashua South and Exeter. Uh, Exeter wins the tiebreaker there head-to-head. -head. They both play the same amount of games, so they're g if they finish tied, Exeter gets that fifth spot. However, South right now at sitting at 11-6. and six. They finish out their season tomorrow against BG. Uh, Exeter, 10-7. and seven. They also have a pretty tough game tomorrow finishing out with Winnicunit. So it's possible, you know, b you know if, if they both lose those games, South gets that five seed. The, you know, probably a frustrating thing for them is this would be the third year in a row that they would have Sauhegan in the quarterfinals. Oh, wow. However, um, you know, this time around, I think they probably feel a little bit better about that, that game going over to Sauhegan and playing that game. Uh, when they played in the regular season, it was a Sauhegan win, uh, but was by four goals, which is a, for South was a big improvement over the last two seasons. So I think that would be an interesting matchup to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, I, I've, I'm still keeping my eye on Exeter. I like the way I like the way Exeter has played in, in a bunch of games. They they played Exeter to a one goal game this year. Uh, they played Portsmouth to, or sorry, they played Sauhegan to a one goal game this year. They they've been uh, they were right in it with with Portsmouth. It seems like their defense is starting to peak at the right time. Looking at looking at scores that they're giving up here, so um, you know I'm not I'm not if Exeter finishes as a six seed, I'm not thrilled as, well, a, as a three. I uh, well, which could end up being BG. And yeah. If you look at the, what they did, that was one of their closer games this year. They mm -hmm. held them held them to twelve goals, uh, only beat them by three. Uh, and you know there hasn't been many teams that have gotten that close to BG this season. So that could be, a, 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 you know. Come playoff time, everything gets a little bit tighter. Goals are harder to come by. Um, you know, and, and Exeter clearly would have nothing nothing to lose in that game. Nobody's going to be expecting them uh, to knock off a, a BG or, or uh, you know, a Bedford or a Pinkerton, whoever ends up in that third spot. And, you know, the, the last two playoff spots, you know, going to have tough draws having to go to Bedford or to Pinkerton. But it is looking like um, it's going to come down to the last game of the season. For those spots, you know, you've got Merrimack at eight and seven, Lunaderry at eight and eight, Concord at seven and eight, and then Central at six and seven. Um, Merrimack and Lunaderry play each other on the last day of the season, so that's a, a, a big one there. Uh, Lunaderry still has to play Hanover too uh, in a makeup game from about a month ago. Um, not sure what uh, what the rest of Concord's schedule looks like, but you know, certainly can't count them out, especially if they're able to pick up. Um, you know, pick up another win. They've got Salem uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Um, you know, so that by, by no means is settled uh, and could come down to that very last game. Uh, like we talked about, just about every division, boys through boys through girls, is, is really we're not going to know until Saturday morning when we wake up and, and maybe point point totals are adjusted for, for the people double and triple check there. Yeah. I don't think the official playoff brackets will even be out until after Memorial Day. Oh, yeah, weekend. usually they're not out until Tuesday. Out Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'll I will be working tirelessly on Saturday trying to figure all that out. So, anybody that uh, wants to at least see a, uh, someone's best guess at what the brackets could look like, make sure you check out nh-highschoolsports.com Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, Division Two, um, this one isn't going to quite go down to the final day. 
uh, in terms of who gets the top seed. There is some interest on Friday. The, yeah, though. There, yeah, there's a big game. There's a big game uh, out in Hollis on on Friday. Or on Thursday. On Thursday. 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 Um, yeah, Portsmouth comes out to Hollis Brookline rematch of last year's championship game. The winner number gets the number seed, one seed. Number one seed yeah. on the line. Um, winner gets the number one seed. I, I'm pretty sure the loser would stay at number two. Although, um, yes. Yeah, there's when no, it comes no chance sitting at that. 11 yeah, and 5, yeah. yeah. So everybody else is too far behind to catch up. Um, you know, the interesting thing that I, I noticed this week, though, about Division Two, and I, I did mention this uh, to you already, but I wanted wanted to repeat it because I just don't understand it. <laughs> you, got, you know, Hanover, which is sitting at the, the number four spot right now at nine and six, um, they've got those six losses. Four of them came against Portsmouth and Winnicott, two each. In those four games, they were outscored 62 to 24. That's a lot. Um, the other two losses, they went up and played BG and they played Pinkerton, um, arguably two of the three best teams in the state, and they lost to each of them by just five. I, well, I, I think I think like we talked about, Joe. You know, I know um, when you're in a division and year after year you play the same teams, you get to know you get to know them, you get to know their tendencies, you know the kids on the roster, and I think when you play out of division, it's a little bit different, right? Like when Exeter and I played each other the other week. We kind of knew the kids we had. We kind of knew their rosters, but we haven't seen them with our own eyes. Our kids haven't played against each other on a regular basis, so it tends to maybe maybe make things a little bit tighter than what they might be have you played them on a regular basis. Um, and I, I, I got to believe that might be what's happening there where coaching staffs know the other coaching staffs, kids know the other kids, and, and um, you know, then the discrepancies between the teams become a little bit larger in those cases. Uh, you know... The final division we haven't talked about yet, girls division three. Um, it's been some crazy stuff going on. But it seems to be all away from the number one seed. Hopkinton has that wrapped up at 13-0. and 0. They play, uh, I believe, Guilford on Friday, so that should be 14-0, and 0, I would assume. They, they've, looked um, un, they've looked just unstoppable. They've been, they've been fast. They're strong. Um, I, it, you're almost worried a little too much. Like, it's almost been too easy, oh, too easy for them. They did have yeah, they did have say, a, they did yeah. have a good game with Laconia <laughs> the other day, um, at home. So it's and, and that's a Laconia team that that has been playing really hot lately. They beat they beat Derryfield. They come close to beating Hopkinton, um, you know. But I, I agree with you. I think Hopkinton seems to be steamrolling its, itself towards towards the championship. It's um yeah they scored 14 goals on them, which is the the most that Hopkinton's given up this year, and only the third time they've given up double digit goals, which is. A little bit, something, but that you know, that's a. I, I'd venture to say that's a little bit of a rivalry there. I mean, they they played in last year's final. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they've had other battles. You know, throughout the last couple of years, uh, and that's you know, I'm, I'm there might have even been a little bit of nerves coming in for Hopkinton in that one. You know, despite being what we would have called a favorite in that game. But you look at the rest of of the division there, and you know, I, I think maybe two weeks ago we thought, you know, okay, well this is going to be Dairyfield and it's going to be Pelham. You know, and, and Kearsarge is probably in the mix. But right now, you know, you've got Bo that's now up at to 10 and 3. And They're I said I liked Bo coming in the season. They, they had some girls returning that were good. I, I, I want to say there's six teams. I, I think there's, a, there's about six teams that, can all, that are all competing for that championship. Or that at least be, you know, could be there that final, that final yeah. day. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Laconia at 8 and 5, and they're, um, they're the seventh seed right now, which is, you know, kind of – um, hard to believe, but you know we saw that a couple years ago with Kearsarge coming out of the sixth spot and and picking up their first championship. So it, and and given the way this season has gone, I, I feel like saying, 
almost anything is possible. Well, and, and you've got a St. Thomas team there. We're going to find out more about them uh, tomorrow. They play they play Dairyfield to wrap up the season there. So that'll, that, that could move both St. Thomas and Dairyfield up and down the standings a little bit there. Um, you know, looking at the way the, that the season's gone for St. Thomas, you know, they've really had – they've had some ultra-competitive games too. They, they lost by they, – you know, they put up a big number against Hoppington. They lose by one to Kearsarge. They lose by one to Lebanon and then two to Bo. They, they could easily be, uh, you know, a two-seed right now. And that, so we'll um, find out tomorrow, you know, kind of more about them. So there, there you go. If you uh, were able to follow along with all of that, uh, you might actually – you might have an idea of who's going to be uh, or where everybody's going to be in the playoffs. I feel like we're two crazy guys in a basement right now with, <laughs> pin, with pins up on a map yeah. with, with, uh, with yarn, going, and, yeah, yeah, yarn, yarn going from one to another. Um, and, uh, newspaper articles exactly, cut out around it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, that might have been easier to figure everything <laughs> out if we, did, we, had, we had done that. Um, one thing I wanted to want to talk about before we go, and you just mentioned it a minute ago, was last Friday's game um, against Exeter. Um, an, another what feels like several of them this year, just fantastic high school lacrosse game. Uh, and in my opinion, um, you know, there was the intensity was there, the playoff like atmosphere, um, momentum shifts. Mo- yeah. Momentum shifts, just, you know, two really great teams going at it. Um, uh, championship like celebration at the end, <laughs> which, uh, was, was fun. Um, you know, what was it like to, to be a part of that game and 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 what did it you know how did it how did it feel saturday morning it was an amazing it was an amazing experience we'll we'll talk about that in a second (laughs) but it was it was a really fun night and um you know obviously it didn't it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to but um you know it was definitely everything that we hoped it would be uh it was why we put it on the schedule at the beginning of the year um you know i i really I loved seeing the effort that that my guys put forth, and and I think I told you and some of the other reporters after the game that, you know, if you had told me 17 years ago when I started at Dairyfield that there would be a Division One team on our field celebrating like they won a state championship because they had just beat Dairyfield, I would have told you you were nuts. And and like I, I told the guys, I said it's okay to be upset right now, but look around, take some pride in the fact that you are you are being considered a team that's worth celebrating over, you know, in, in that kind of situation. And uh, so it was, it was a pretty neat experience um, and one that I, I definitely will never forget. And I, I can't thank Jerry Holly enough for allowing us the opportunity to play his team. I mean, that's an, in a lot of respects, that's a no-win situation for his kids, right? That's a, that's a Division One team that is a very good team that, you know, if you lose to Dairyfield, it's like, oh, you just lost to a Division Two team. Right. And, and for them to have to come in there and play play us to that game and, and to come out for the way that his kids played and played as well as they did. Um, you know, all the credit to them. They, they played really well. And that they, game. they're battling for and they're battling. Division, right. Position, and then division one. Yeah. If they had lost that game, potentially they could have slipped. They you may, know, lose, down a home to, they may yeah. lose a home yeah. game. You know, so, they, you know, it, it shows, I think, tremendous credit to Jerry Holly for, for putting together the schedule he put together um, to challenge his kids this season and, and the way they played that night. Uh, to answer your question, Saturday morning, it was bittersweet. You woke up and, uh, yeah, you know, it was less about the streak being over and more just like thinking about missed opportunities and, and wishing that, you know, some pipes hadn't been hit and just, you know, felt like we played 40 out of 48 minutes really well. And, um, you know, but that's, it's a good, good lesson for our guys to, to learn heading into playoffs. 
I do want to mention a couple things because I tweeted out some some notes on that Friday night, uh, which I probably should have waited until Saturday morning because I was a little tired and miscounted on a few things. Um, of course, the streak finishes at 65 games, uh, going back to I think it's May 2nd of 2016. Um, I had a couple of games off there. I said, Bo, you beat seven times. It was actually I believe, six times. I believe it was actually April 29th of 2016 you, well, because I believe it was my birthday when we lost a Well, you lost, yes. But oh, the, first then, win, we, yes. the first win to restart it yes. was uh, – That's right. Um, so against Bo, yes. Against Bo. Yeah. Um, you only beat them six times in the streak. I think I said seven in the tweet. And Wyndham was five times. I think I had six there. So I was off by, by a game each on those. But that, was pretty neat. that was pretty neat to kind of see some of those yeah, things that go we back played. Yeah, and, and, uh, and look at that. And, well, it also, I think it also goes to show, too, and, and I know Bedford also got a lot of criticism for this during their 72-game streak of, well, you're playing D2 teams. Like you're we not, played you're some not really quality teams, and we played Portsmouth a lot. You we played, played Portsmouth six times, Wyndham five times, Goffstown five times, Winnicott it five times. You know, there was some there really was some there was very some good teams there, were, there. there were some really, I mean, I think if, if people go back and look in there, there were some really close games. These weren't these weren't cakewalks. These kids, I mean, yes, they were Division Two. A lot of those were Division Two wins, but uh, the kids kids went out there and battled each time, and they had a target on their back for 65 games in a row, and, and they were able to do it. And you were at a bunch of games last year where you know we came very close to losing those games, and the kids found a way to win. Unfortunately, came you know we, we came up a little short Friday night. And you, you know, just means you had to start a new one. Got to start and a new one. one, or no, two right now. I'm assuming you won today. You did win seven, today. We didn't. Seven and zero. We didn't talk about that. Seven right? and zero is the new mantra. <laughs> We're trying to go seven and zero the rest of the season. So we'll see. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams that are going to be eager to stop that streak too. So we'll see. All right. He is uh, Dairy Field Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Always a pleasure, Joe. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh Thanks for listening.